This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, Welcome. to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We have a fantastic show. I think we called it a blockbuster show on Twitter. This is John Massengale sitting in studio with Les Kaiser. How's it going, Les? Ah, uh, man, doing great. Yep, awesome show lined up. Great day of Daytona. Though, well, I'm a little disappointed in the uh, end of it, but uh, as far as it... Mother Nature. Yeah, Mother Nature jumping in, but uh, hey... There was some awesome demonstration of what we're in for this year. All right. Well, I'm going to run down what we got on the show. We're going to connect Mr. Jonathan Green in just a moment. He's down in New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series. But on the show tonight, we have the president of IndyCar, Jay Fry, and we also have one of the winners, one of the overall winners of the Rolex 24 Daytona. What's his name? Ringer Van de Zanda. I was saying his name today, going, I hope we, hope we can get on the show. To, that was before I knew he was coming on. I, I love to say his name. But anyway, he's been on the show before. He's actually a great a great interview. He's got a good story. And I'm hoping that we're going to get him. <laughs> I'm always a little worried about uh, big winners. How long they've had to drink champagne <laughs> since the end of the exactly, race. Is that it? Exactly. Well, he's got a watch that probably keeps pretty <laughs> awesome time. So that's, maybe he'll be on time. That's a really good point. I think we hear Jonathan Green from New Zealand. Mr. Green, how's it going, buddy? Good morning, boys. How are you? Good evening to you. Yes, it's morning to you. And we just got through with 24 hours of Rolex. So it's evening for us, buddy. Yeah, I watched the first 12 hours or I went to bed just at the 12th hour and there was no rain. And clearly I missed the rain. Well, actually, I did the same thing. I don't know how you were. You and I, never mind. I, I, <laughs> I woke up and all the rain was and it never stopped this morning. I mean, it just well, I'm a day ahead. Of you, that's why. Yeah, that's true. You're a day a day ahead and a dollar short. No, a day ahead and five hours behind. That's pretty much right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, buy a lottery ticket for us. <laughs> yeah, give gotcha. us the numbers. It's five, four, three, two, one. That's the numbers. <laughs> uh, well, Jonathan's going to get us all caught up on the Toyota Racing Series. We got some Americans <clears throat> doing good in the Toyota Racing Series, and we're going to hear from one of those here in a few minutes. But we're standing by for Ringer Van de Zanda. Hopefully, he'll call in. I know he was teammates with Alonzo and several others that I'm trying to think who all was on the on the on the Wayne race. Kobayashi, team Jordan Taylor. Yeah, Kobayashi. That's the other one I was trying to think of. But but um, but yeah, we're supposed to get him on the line here in just a moment. Very excited about that. And man, that was uh, th- but it was disappointing to have the rain at the end there, like you were saying, Les. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was great run a lot of great racing and even you know i mean they had a some flags earlier in the race there was a lot of great competition going on and passing i loved watching alonzo and rossi uh going back and forth there for a while so close to each other yep 
Yeah, but uh, Alonzo, speaking of Alonzo, um, I think he impressed by saying that, uh, by showing that, uh, what was he, like three seconds oh, faster in, in, the, in, the, in the wet, I mean, than anybody. So it's, you know, you, you doubt, and it's really astounding that he can do that, that he can do that coming in after not, you know, not racing in these cars all the time. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because Jordan Taylor's also got a lot of that experience there. Uh, Kobayashi was there as well. But, uh, you know, going with uh, with just a lot of what's going on throughout this race overnight, all the changes in the elements that come into play, especially around the rain, really messes with people. And to have somebody like Fernando Alonso, who is certainly, you know, stellar two-time F1 champion, to step into a totally different world and uh, really be able to compete this time. Yes, it was similar to Lamar, but, uh, you know, the interesting thing is uh, I heard somebody else saying that he really enjoys Daytona, was looking forward to it more than Lamar for the experience, but he wanted the uh, Lamar for the uh, for the recognition and being the Triple Crown. Uh, well, you know, I did hear, you know, there was so much rain, I heard that they were considering giving away the Submariner instead of the Daytona. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Submariner, <laughs> diving watch from Rolex. Gotcha. I, I knew that you being Mr. Rolex would, would appreciate that joke. That was that courtesy of Kevin. Uh, Kevin uh, Kelly super sent, fan Kevin. sent, Thanks, sent that Kevin. joke in. <laughs> did he send a watch with it? <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, right. Jonathan, how much of the race did you get to see? Did you see Alon Did you get to see Alonzo impressing with those amazing laps? No, unfortunately, like I said, I, I got to I got to midnight here, and uh, there were twelve hours in, about ten hours to go, and the weather weather was fine. But even at that point, um, the two cats were going, you know, head to head. Um, it's such a grueling race, and in a weird way, you know, I've done Daytona. I've been to Daytona for the twenty fours, and I've been to Le Mans. What's hard about Daytona is is the lights. I mean, it, you know, it's such a short lap compared to Le Mans, where you've got long straight. Blacks. This is coming at you the whole way, and you're passing cars probably almost twice as much as you are in Le Mans. Yeah, you know. And uh, Jonathan, I, speaking of Le Mans, I heard some of the drivers saying that to them this race is bigger than Le Mans. Well, I think it is to this. I mean, it certainly is to Americans. Yeah. Um, you know, and and obviously it's the first of the year. Le Mans though has the tradition and the history. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know what year it is, but I mean, it's been in 60 years, you know, I mean, it's one of the biggest races um, on the calendar, without a doubt. And it certainly rivals Le Mans. And I think it's your own preference, um, you know, uh, it, it, because it's in a stadium, because it's in a NASCAR oval. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a different atmosphere to it, whether, you know, whereas Le Mans in the woods and it's a lot more, uh, you know, of a... a very cliquey French event in that respect, but um, but but um, Daytona is a bit more mainstream in that respect. You know, you you're in the middle of Florida, um, you're very close to the manufacturers and the teams that that enter. We had two teams from Texas, as you know, well three actually: Reese Competition, uh, Park Place, and More Speed. And More Speed. So yeah. you know, it's kind of like, um, and they did great. Um, and you know, it's I it's kind of it's got that. For Americans, I think it really is the jewel in the crown of sports car racing in many ways. Sebring, though, is obviously the one, the other, the other big race, um, but it's not 24 hours. And of course, those two stand out as being the two biggest. And then Petit Le Mans. So uh, America's got its own endurance 
you know, seen. And of course, IMSA's, you know, plows on from, from good. And that's what I also like about Daytona. It's the start of the year and you get a combination of IndyCar drivers, IMSA drivers, F1 drivers like NASA and, and, and uh, Alonso. And then you get, you know, guys just, just trying it out like Nick Cassidy, the Toyota super, uh, you know, um, driver who came out for the first time and people like Dixon, um, you know, it's kind of cool. It's a really, it's, it's, it's got a real combination of different people. And man, it was so cool to watch the, the crowd there the, because everybody looks, it just looks like something that that's gotta be a bucket list race for Americans or hell for anybody. I think it's, it's looks so cool. Well, I think, you know, one of the other things that's uh, going great, NBC did fantastic coverage keeping uh keeping you on into everything that's going on they had rutledge going down into the uh infield and crashing uh parties there but uh yeah you have somebody from a party did you say no 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 i actually i think i just got a text from the folks that ringer is going to call in, in just a second but okay i was just looking at the rundown of everybody of the, of the the winners and you know remember that when that cadillac dpi hit the scene in what 17 maybe 16 I mean, it was so strong, and obviously, it still is. And yeah, you know, I know with the rain, I know there—you never know what could have happened. But look, they first overall with the Wayne Taylor, and and then I mean, it's really strong, really strong car, and and uh, yeah, it's really funny, Jonathan. If we do get Ringer, you asked him last time; he was still racing for. Uh, let's see, who was it? It was Visit Florida. So Visit he was Florida. racing for yeah. that team. But he, uh, but Jonathan asked him, he said, what are you going to do about those Cadillacs? They're, they're, do they're dominating. Jonathan asked that question last time, and here he is racing with them. I guess we know what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat him, join him. He said, exactly, exactly. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, what else from today's Rolex that struck you guys? Les, I know you were talking I about. Sorry. I felt sorry for the Ford entry of Dixon. They were running in the lead, and then they pitted just before the red flag. Uh, oh, and then, yeah. of course, the race, the race was stopped. So they actually got penalized twice. They would have been third, and then they ended up fourth, and they had been leading. So that was a shame for them, um, but a really good effort. Um, but like I said, great to see the Austin flag flying with more speed. Absolutely. I know, it was. Up, uh, they wound up all right. I think uh, a couple of things they were going through, and uh, you, know, you mentioned Reese. They came in second. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, you know what? Let's take a quick break, and I think we're going to get Ringer right when we come out of the break. So let's go ahead and take our break now, and that way we can get Ringer all the way through. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. USA is coming to Circuit of the Americas this February. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track built cars. February 16th and 17th brings time attack racing to Coda's 3.4 mile track. There'll be Lone Star Drift ride-alongs, rally ready and Lone Star Drift demonstrations, World Challenge TC America open testing, a car meet and more. Family friendly fun and free to attend. February 16th and 17th at Circuit of the Americas SuperLapBattleUSA.com as a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Ducati. 
even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, Gearheads, we're going to jump right into it. We have on the line one of the overall winners of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Welcome back to Speed City, Ringer Van Dezende. How are you, buddy? Yeah, very good. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's uh, I'm a little tired. I had one beer, to be honest, and... Uh, <laughs> We are kind of celebrating the win because it was a fantastic uh, 24 hour. Uh, kind of celebrating has to be an understatement, and uh, <laughs> you, you know you now have no excuse for ever being late again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We um, every winner from the 24 hour get to Rolex uh, around the rest and wrist uh, and uh, yeah. Today I won a Rolex, so I'm uh, I'm super proud. I mean, uh, it's something what uh, what was high on my priority list and. I love the racing in the U.S. a lot. I uh, I raced for five, six years now in the U.S. and uh, I think the Rolex 24 Hour and especially winning that Rolex watch is something that um, is on the top of priority. So uh, super proud, super happy, and uh, fantastic. Yeah, really. I think that Rolex from Daytona has has got to be every race driver's it's on their bucket list. It's got to be. I mean, that's one of the, the crown achievements in racing. You got to. You guys have got to be just totally excited. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know the, the way we did it is um, to, together with Fernando Alonso, the yeah, two times world champion uh, Formula One, uh, Kamui Kobayashi, ex Formula One driver, and they they are both with Toyota in the WEC uh, championship, and then Jordan Taylor, who is my uh, my um, uh, teammate in the IMSA championship for the for the ten rounds that we are racing. Um, I think the crew was fantastic. The the engineering they were spot on with the strategy, which makes our life easy. Uh, because every time we uh, we came to the pits and uh, we came out first, we just had to defend our position. And uh, it's it's been a, a crazy weather race where um, massive rain came over the track where we had to keep the the car from uh, aquaplaning. It was aquaplaning everywhere. And Fernando Alonso and uh, same with Jordan Taylor, they uh, they took the honor of uh, bringing the car through the rain conditions and uh, they did very well. So uh, super proud of them and. Uh, you know, we we the, the race was cut short two hours before the end because there was too much water on the on the track. So actually, people were flying off the track, and they kept it on the track, and that's why we won the race. Well, uh, to be honest, I was a bit surprised that you weren't out in the car for the rain, and Fernando was because I really expected your experience in the rain to play into this better than Fernando's. And so, quite honestly, that surprised me that he was the guy in the car. Yeah, well. He did the job, so I'm super. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. It's uh, it's fine by me. We the only thing we wanted to do is win it, and it doesn't matter who did it. So I'm I'm always very confident in the rain, and I love driving in the rain. I had some some great races, but uh, at the same time, uh, Fernando said, "Hey, I'm super confident as well. Can I give it a go?" And uh, I say, "Well, yeah, you better go for it. You better make it happen." And he he exactly did that. So super cool. Yeah, that's got to be cool with racing with. I mean, I, I, you guys are all amazing race drivers. Alonso just gets so much attention, and I know that he's fast. Obviously, he's one of the greatest race drivers ever. And but, but you guys uh, all are incredible race drivers. But let me ask you about the rain. I mean, there was a lot of people saying. I think even Alexander Rossi came out and said, 
at one point we shouldn't even be racing right now. How, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I agree with that. At uh, some of the points where it was floating on the track, I think uh, uh, at the restart especially, it was a big crash between a Porsche and a Lamborghini. And they just spun off the track and uh, and hit each other. So I think that was, uh, that was a sign that it was not ready for racing. And, uh, uh, you know, it has to be safe at the end. We are racing on a high level at high speeds, 200 miles an hour. Um, and if it gets too dangerous because of uh, track conditions, then uh, maybe the organization shouldn't have gave it uh, give it green. But at the end of the race, they made the right decision. It was two hours before the end, and uh, they uh, they red flagged the race, and that was the only right decision to make because it was getting dangerous at that point. But you know, we as race drivers, we always like to race, and if you're not first, then um, um, then you don't want to have a red flag because you want to fight for that victory. But uh, we were first, so we were praying and hoping for and rain dancing for. Uh, for more rain that uh, that the race was getting canceled. So, uh, yeah, all good. Well, I have Jonathan Green on the line. He's down in New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series. He's normally in studio with us, but he's got a question for you. Hey, Jonathan, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Ranga. Welcome back on the show. Hey, and congratulations. And, I, you know, I've followed you around the world uh, for many years, and I just wonder where this... This victory sits on your accolades, which are so many. Um, it, you know, how does it rate for you, the team, the achievement, the, the fact that you were racing against another Cadillac? Where, where does this, you know, where does this fit in your all time? Yeah, it's a good question, but um, I think actually it's the best victory of my life. It's uh, it's something special. It's a 24-hour Daytona everywhere we say. So I go racing. So what do you do? Yeah, I race prototypes. So okay, what is that? Do you know 24 hours they told me? Yeah, I know. Oh, I was doing that. So it's something what people know. It's recognized. It's um, it's it's one of the best sports car races in the world. And um, if you win this one, it's uh, it's uh, it's one that's on on the CV where uh, for the rest of life uh, people will uh, will remember. So uh, especially in Holland, you know, it's Harry Lundijk who won it before. Jan Lammers won it twice, and I'm the, I'm the third Dutch guy who won the 24 hours of Daytona. So it's something special and. I can feel that on everything. I had um, so many messages on my phone, and I'm trying to keep up with it. But uh, at the same time, all, a lot of interviews from Dutch or, or international media to uh, to speak to. And you know, I, I've done quite a lot in my uh, racing career. But at the same time, this is the this is the biggest victory on my on my uh, on my end for sure. So we know what uh, we know what Fernando wants to do. He wants to win the 500. What about yourself? What what's what's the next accolade you want to pick up? I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm a real sports car racer, so um, you can uh, you can do sprint racing is nice, but um, I think within sports car racing, the endurance racing, where you have to be smart and clever and and uh, make decisions for uh, for for victories um, uh, on, on a smart way and strategy and stuff. They that's what I like. So I think the Le Mans 24 Hour is something that I uh, I have highest on my bucket list. But at the same time, we still have Sebring in the, in the, in one month from now. And this evening, 12 we'll hours, finished second. we finished second last year, last year, so it's time to win that one now. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, you know, I, I went back and listened to the last interview we did with you about a year ago. Actually, it was almost two years ago. And you had on your bucket list, you were saying that this was, that you wanted to continue in IMSA and, and continue in this style of racing. So I, I don't doubt that this has been the highest moment in your career because in this, in this path, this is one of them, this and Lamar. And I was—I mentioned on the show earlier 
that the last time we had you on, Jonathan asked you, uh, he said, hey, what are we going to do about these Cadillacs? They're so fast because I think you were with Visit Florida or somebody like that and, yeah. and because they were so fast. And, and so I think you figured out what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you come see them, join them, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So now it's it's a fantastic car. You know, you saw you saw this weekend again. It's a rock solid car. It's uh, it's uh, running till the end, no issues. Um, the team knows the car so well. So when there is an issue, they also have a solution to it. And I um, we have some telemetry issues where um, you know you get all the information from the car going send out to the to the pit lane the engineers so they can check where the car is and uh, um, that didn't work properly um, but uh, even that you know during the pits we got it solved and uh, and that's 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 exactly that you know it's if there's a problem you can solve it and uh, we saw the Mazda for example they are super fast but um, they were not so reliable um, again you know and that's you know for 25 races you um you still have to finish if you want to win the race, right? And it's a long way way, way to go if you want to finish those races. So uh, you better have a reliable car. That's the Cadillac for sure. Well, it certainly looks fast, and it looks cool too, by the way. But, hey, Ringer, yeah. so so this season you're you're at IMSA and you're doing the, the endurance section, but are you doing the full IMSA season as well? Yeah, I'm together with Jordan Taylor, my, uh, my teammate, and uh, we're doing the full season, uh, including uh, – well, those two races that we uh, just mentioned, Sebring and uh, Daytona 24-hour. Uh, Watkins Glen is a six-hour. Petit Le Mans, we won the last year. Petit Le Mans, we won it at 10-hour. Um, uh, but then all the others are two hours, uh, 45 minutes, more or less. And uh, we go to Long Beach, we go to Detroit, we go to uh, um, Mosport, which is in Canada, and uh, 10 races a season. So, um, yeah, we're leaving championship, obviously now, obviously now, because it's the first uh, race of the season. Um, so more to come, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, I know you love Circuit of the Americas one because you wrapped up what was it, the 2016 championship in IMSA that yeah. year here. Uh, but now IMSA's not coming here. WEC's not coming here. I'm looking on the calendar. I'm thinking maybe you could get into uh, MotoGP. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I mean, uh, two wheeler, right? You bet. I'm not sure how fast I will be because um, <laughs> I don't want to fall down, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. If you organize the bike, I'm coming. <laughs> we know some guys over at Ducati. <laughs> we'll, we'll work that out. Sounds like a very fast bike. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, Ringer Vanderzander, thank you so much. We're going to let you get back to your celebration, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Wait, you got you know, one more last? You know, Ringer, there's there's one thing. Fernando Alonso has his name on a tag Hoyer watch. He's got it on another watch. Just go up and try to take that Rolex back from him. Tell him he's already got two brands to his name. He doesn't need this one, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Congrats well, again, buddy. Home, so, um, yeah, but good to speak to you guys again, and uh, we'll for sure celebrate a little bit more than um, than uh, from now on. So it's going to be a long night. Another <laughs> long night. Right. Uh, yeah, another it. one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rigger. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh. Bye. Yeah, my prediction came true. The, the drivers were late calling in after the Rolex. It happens every year, I swear. I don't blame them. I mean, they, they'd have all, they've had uh, the afternoon to... I know. It's because we don't come on the air till about six hours after the sh after the race is over. <laughs> Lucky right. they're not slurring. Well, we're we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we got the president of IndyCar talking about IndyCar coming to Austin in March. So we're, we're going to have that discussion here in a few minutes. Back after these messages.
Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. Super Lap Battle USA is coming to Circuit of the Americas this February. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track built cars. February 16th and 17th brings time attack racing to Coda's 3.4 mile track. There'll be Lone Star Drift ride alongs, rally ready and Lone Star Drift demonstrations, World Challenge TC America open testing, a car meet, and more. Family friendly fun and free to attend. February 16th and 17th at Circuit of the Americas. SuperLapBattleUSA.com. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, so a few minutes ago, about an hour ago, Les Kaiser did an interview with the president of IndyCar, Jay Fry. Les, you want to introduce this little segment? Uh, you bet. And so, you know, Jay Fry is part of the new executive group uh, that's been kind of changing hands over the past few years and uh, gives us some insight into what they've been doing and uh, what he's leading up to. He's, uh, like I said, he's the new president, and he has... Just a lot of things, and and you'll hear me mention it in there in a, a moment there that uh, this was a a changing of the guard. It's the new yeah. generation. It's the changing of the guard from the executives. It, quite honestly, to me, IndyCars kind of went into a lull for a little while there. Huh. Well, before we play this, I got to say when I when at last Formula One here in Austin and back in uh, October. I was walking through the paddock at Formula One, and I ran. I saw this guy wearing an IndyCar shirt, and they had just announced IndyCar. And I know I've told this story, but anyway, it was so goofy because I, I didn't recognize him. And I ran across the paddock, and I said, hey, I see you've got an IndyCar shirt on. I said, man, we're so excited about you guys coming. He goes, yeah, yeah, we're excited, we're excited. And, and we were talking, and I said, uh, I said, so you got an IndyCar shirt on. What do you, what do, you do for IndyCar? And he goes, well, I, I'm, I'm the president. <laughs> So I just I just started laughing and walked away. I didn't even no, I I actually sort of did. And came back and introduced myself and it, and he said it was Jay. And I think he had just been announced as the president right, right before Formula One. So let's go ahead and play this interview we did about an hour ago with Jay Fry. All righty, crowd. This is really cool. We we're all getting excited for IndyCar coming to Coda. There's been so much business changing around IndyCar. The new sponsor, NTT, is a is a big supporter of it this is going to be great new tracks new business new executives so uh hey we're, we're going right to the top jay fry welcome to speed city sir well thank you thank you for having me hey you know we really are getting excited around austin for indy cars coming but uh you know i so i gotta we. i gotta start off with a little confession and okay. you're making the, the steer the right direction as part of what you're doing i grew up in the days of watching aj and Johnny Rutherford and yeah, all those awesome. kind of guys, you know, and uh, dad showing me who was from Texas that we're going to cheer for and all these kind of things. And, you know, uh, 
I know I'm not the only one that says IndyCar kind of lost some of that uh, gravitas and competition, but it's coming back strong with both barrels, and I am absolutely loving how competitive these cars are, how great they look again, and the new talent coming in, and and that goes all the way into the executive office where you are. So thanks for what you guys are doing. Thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. It's uh, <laughs> it's funny. We, we came up with this five-year plan. We talk about it all the time, and it's you kind of where we almost wear it out. But it, it's so much the foundation of what we are, have done, and it all started in 2016, where it was a paddock-wide initiative. We come up with you know what are we doing, where are we going, the economics of the sport, the look of the sport, the, the how we race, where we race, um, the future. So this plan now it's it's, it's amazing. It went from um, it kicked off in 17 when we froze the kits, and then 18 when we came out with the new kit. Um, now it goes all the way through 2026 with the new engine. So um, by 2021, we'll have um, over uh, 900 plus horsepower. Um, you know, the cars we think look have this great historical feel. You know, they're very yeah. forward looking, but it's a very historical feel. It's an open wheel car. You know, we, you know the, the kits before were great race cars but we've lost some of our identity you know with the rear wheel guards and things like that so um no it was, it was a, we got a great paddock great people very smart it behooved us to get all of them get the power of the paddock put together come up with this plan um now we're just really executing this plan and there's you know certain buckets and things that happen every year but it's just it's been going right along and one of the things um big indicators of the plan was working or not was new teams because that was one of the goals. We needed to right. you know increase the size of the paddock. So we had four new teams last year. We got a couple coming this year, um, a couple more the following year. Um, you know, we look at the 500, we had, you know, 35 cars, which is a good number. We're going to have, you know, more than that, I think, this year. You want to so drop any of those names? Growth. Any of the new teams? Yeah. Um, well, one of them, so Dragon Speed is one, and they – uh, we're one of the winners at the Rolex today, so that nice. was cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got the, you know, McLaren's coming back to 500. Um, and then what, what's happening is the, 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 the really smart, the way they're going about it, like Michael Shank's team, you know, last year he ran six races, this year's going to run 10. And then the goal is to start running full-time in 2020. So, again, it's part of this plan, right, that, that everybody's, you know, everybody's going through a process and getting to the point where we got to get to. And it's just been uh, a complete great pleasure to work with this group um we have different meetings throughout the course of the year and you know 20 percent of the meetings for this season and another 80 percent for the following season we just got into really good cadence of how we go through stuff and very proud of everybody very proud of everybody's willingness to help Um, well it absolutely i mean even before we knew y'all were coming to coda it started turning around we saw it we saw the new talent we saw the new blood i mean i i became Attentive enough to it, I went to the hundredth running of the five hundred, and yeah. uh, hung out with Doug Bowles, and you know got the tour there. The excitement uh, there obviously is great, but also went to the Texas race again. I hadn't been in a few years, and it's back. And you know, y'all planned your work well. You're working your plan, and it, it keeps on coming. I get the idea. Coda was one part of that plan. Absolutely, always has been. So I mean, Bobby Epstein, his his whole team are just spectacular to work with. Um, we, we just can't wait to come in. And obviously we'll be there February 12th and 13th um, for our open test or spring training. Or, um, it's called different things. But really, it's, <clears throat> to us, it's, another, it's almost a race because we show up. Um, every All the teams are there. The entire paddock is there. 
um, we put on a you know a couple day event and um, all of our people are there and it's just it's, we it's, we come just like it's a regular race weekend so you really bet. excited about that it'll give us an idea you know we said some cars out there obviously but <clears throat> this will be with the whole field and this will just make the show even better when we come back um, you know we said this kind of a preseason again a run through before we come back for the the real race or the points race. Um, Folks, so I want y'all to realize this event that he's talking about in February is open to the public. It's not behind closed doors or yeah. any of that. No. If you've already purchased your IndyCar tickets for the Classic, come on out because just Absolutely. show them that ticket. You're in for this. This is like a bonus day. If uh, yeah. for some reason you don't have your Today. tickets yet and you're yeah. not going to make the race, there is an opportunity to go to the circuit.com and pick up the day pass for that. Yeah. I've never heard I of anybody. Go right ahead. Also, I think the fans will be pretty, very impressed at how close they can get to the cars, the access to the drivers, um, and, and even at the test, even more. I would say because it's it's more of a casual event, you know, because it's where they're testing. It's not, you know, they're it's not game day type thing. Um, but and even on when it is game day, uh, the fans have great access. They can get you know very close to the cars. Um, the garages are all open. Um, you can see everything. You can see through them. Um, so we're excited to see the the, the the fans there's reaction to that and it, you know and, and see what they think but um, yeah it's it's we're very excited to be coming down there uh, and I will say the city is getting excited I know uh, I know Graham had a good time down this past week Graham Ray Hall was in the area and uh, seems like uh, there's quite a bit of excitement through the drivers we've had several of the drivers already joining us. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I got to say, uh, Alexander Rossi with it has a little uh, toe up on everybody with, with laps already yeah. on this track. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, what have you heard from their feedback as far as the environment that they're seeing? Oh, they love the, the, the course is spectacular. I mean, it, it's as good as there is in the, in the country, the world. Um, so just that for us to have an opportunity, um, it with this new car and I think this is year two of this car. So, um, these teams are really good. These drivers are really good. So your two is going to be even better than your one because, you know, they'll start sorting through more stuff. Um, last year, throughout the course of the season, and this is a, just a huge number, we had 4,940 passes throughout the course of the season in 17 races. Wow. So we have this mechanism. I think Iowa, Iowa was one that had like 900, and, you know, almost 900 at Iowa, you know, a short oval. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just in there, you know, we have this, way we um, data point this with top fives, top tens, passes, passes for a lead. So it's it's a legit number. Um, so we're excited to see how that plays out this year. And, um, again, with the car coming back the second time, having an open test at Coda, it's going to be an exciting race. That's right. And, folks, that uh, spring training, if you will, for Indy Cars is February 12th. Again, your tickets for the actual races in March get you into this event, too. Uh, go to the circuit and check that out. What uh, what other items are going on? You know, I, I know we are having whispers already amongst uh, your organization and Speed City of uh, possibly having a, a welcoming party going on. But uh, what are other things that someone that's getting to see the IndyCar races for the first time, what really is something that you think is going to grab their attention? Well, I think the the biggest thing is just the access, right? You, you can come down in the paddock, you can come down in the garage area, um, you're right there where we're working, so you're basically in our locker room, and um, it, the, the 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 access is just you know I mean it's 
phenomenal. I think the fans will, uh, it'll be the first time that maybe some of them have seen it that way. Um, and, and the cars, the way the cars, they run together, they're close. Um, again, you, like we mentioned, the, the number of passes we had last year, um, that's, you know, every event's you know, got a lot of passing. So it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The way we run a race is a little different, too. Um, you know, we, when there's a yellow flag, we, you know, uh, we close the pitch, we bunch the field up, the, the leaders pit together, they come back, and then it restarts. So, so you have more than one kind of restart, you know, there, there's, there, or there could be. Right. Um, there could be multiple restart, restarts throughout the course of the race. Restarts are always exciting. Um, so I just think that they'll, they'll, the noise, the cars are, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being fast and loud. And, um, again, like I mentioned a little bit ago, we got a new engine coming out in 21. Um, this one right now is unbelievable, amazing 2.2-liter twin turbo V6. Oh, yeah. Uh, that does a phenomenal job. It's got some great sound to it. Uh, the next one will be a 2.4-liter twin tur- turbo V6, and just it's a nice boost in horsepower. Um, so it's, it's, again, that's think of fast and loud. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Hey, sounds like lots of fun, folks. We're talking with the president of IndyCar, Jay Fry. Jay, thanks for joining us on Speed City. We are looking forward to uh, seeing you here in person and uh, bringing all that noise in the fast and loud crowd with you. There you go. Well, thank you so much for having me. Look forward to seeing you a couple weeks. All righty. Travel safe, buddy. Thanks. You know, I didn't realize that how many teams that all the teams are going to be there for the test. Yeah, next yeah. month it, it's a big turnout. It is a very big turnout, and the fact, like I said, with your tickets to the uh, races in March, to the race in March, you get this access free. All right. Well, Jonathan, uh, we're going to get you. We're going to go to break, but we're going to get you to get us up to speed about all the Americans down at the Toyota Racing Series when we come back from the great uh, from the break, buddy. You ready? You know it. <laughs> All right, you listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. My name is Christina Nelson, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We got Jonathan Green down in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series, and we're following the three Americans, Cameron Doss, Dev Gore, and San Antonio and Parker Locke. 
And Jonathan, get us up to speed on what's happened with those boys. I know, I, I know that there's some other stories too, because there's some superstars in the making down there. But what about the Americans? Americans are going good, and and like we said before, there's three Americans, and they're all at different uh, levels in their career and times in their career. Um, the top American is Cameron Das, no surprise. Uh, he got a third in the last race. We're at the halfway point now in the series. He's fifth overall in the championship, but he's only two points behind uh, Brendan Leach and a couple of points off the leaders. So, you know, it's uh, we, we've got still seven more races to go, um, and it really is an endurance test for these kids. You think about 24 hours. Well, these guys are doing a whole season in five weeks, so it's pretty impressive. Um, so they're starting to feel it a bit, um, and they've got a few days off now, and we'll be heading south again here on the North Island to Taupo on Thursday for the next round. And we're going to have four races in that because of the cancelled races in round two. So uh, we had four races this weekend at Hampton Downs in Auckland, and now we've got four next weekend. So it's pretty grueling. Uh, Dev uh, Gore, uh, who's done really well, but it's his first outing. He's 12th in the championship for, for um, Giles Motorsport, um, and he's, he's learning quick. And then there's the young kid, the 17-year-old Parker Lott from San Antonio, Texas, uh, doing really well. Um, but this is, he, he's basically a rookie and he's fighting for the rookie honours up against uh, an Australia, uh, two Australians, uh, uh, Czech, the Japanese driver and the Belgian, as well as the young Liam Lawson uh, from New Zealand. Well, uh, you know, Jonathan, they all, the thing we always think about is we're the next guy that's going to make it to make it big, whether it's Formula One or wherever. I mean, who you got your eye on to, that's really going to that's maybe breaking out? To be honest, I, I think the two people that stand out are those we didn't know before. Liam Lawson, who we knew a little bit about, but Liam Lawson, just 16 from New Zealand, um, has really uh, stolen a march. He's probably been the most talked about driver of the series. And were it not for a couple of mistakes, he would be leading the championship. Instead, it's his slightly older uh, fellow Kiwi, Marcus Armstrong, who, of course, is a Ferrari Academy driver. We saw him. It's his third season in TRS, and he's already on the on the path to Formula One, whereas Liam is not signed to anybody at the moment. And so there is a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails about who is this kid, because he really is very, very good. He's second in the championship. The gap between himself and Marcus, and they're also teammates at M2 competition, is just 34 points uh, at the halfway point. So they're first and second. And then the other person I would definitely turn to is Raul Hyman of Great Britain. He's third in the championship overall. He drives for Giles Motorsport. He's actually the Asian F3 champion. Um, but he's he's really been dynamite. Um, he's had some problems in qualifying. He's new to the series. But uh, he's been, he's been, his overtaking has been quite sterling. And he's very much in contention. So... Um, uh, the other one, I suppose, is Artem Petrov. Our last champion was Russian, uh, Robert Schwartzman. And Artem Petrov won a race at Hampton Downs this weekend. He's six overall and still very much in the hunt. So there's some new names there and uh, certainly, uh, as always, a world-class field. All right. Well, you set this up pretty good because we're, I want to play this interview you did with Dev Gore, one of the Americans you just described. It's really it's fascinating to hear his He's got a little bit of family history and everything, but let's go ahead and go straight into this interview you did yesterday with Dev Gore. A little bit about um, arriving to New Zealand, going to Highlands and, and Teratonga. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the, the experience has been great. Um, I've been enjoying it, so uh, it's a bit of a hike, obviously, for anyone to come to New Zealand, but no, it was, it was nice to, to sort of land, and, and you don't really ever know what to expect, but to see how professional everything was and how organized everything was, and then obviously not knowing anything about the tracks either to arrive and have the first round at Highlands, and it's a super nice facility. Um, it, it almost, we, we were saying... Um, we were saying like amongst our team that it, you almost feel like you're in Gran Turismo like it feels like a video <laughs> game like just the the scenic views and and, and the way the tracks laid out it, it didn't feel real but no it was a really cool uh, experience to, to come and to arrive and kick everything off at a place like that it was, it was quite exciting and what were your thoughts of Invercargill <laughs> yeah so in- Invercargill is slightly slightly different um <laughs> <laughs> you got the attention of this jurors. I'll take that again. <laughs> no laughing. <laughs> right, ready? Um, what about round two at Invercargill? Quite different, obviously. Yeah, so in- Invercargill was a, was a bit of a different place compared to Highlands. Um, it, I'm not too unfamiliar with places like that. I've done a lot of testing at a, a track in sort of South Wales called Pembury, which is a, very, very much the same. Um, but it was... It, it was cool. I, I really actually I enjoy tracks like that because to me those are very sort of like North American-esque tracks. Um, in in the States we don't really have a lot of the runoff and stuff that you see in Europe. So when you get to a track like that where there's a punishment if you do go over the limit, it, it, it adds another element which is quite exciting. And to have two cars sort of going side by side through a long corner and uh, you know you have gra- if you've got grass on both sides of you, it's wet. You know, you have everything that could be going wrong is going wrong, but you're still having to make it work. So that, that to me is really, really exciting. And, you know, it's probably the closest feeling you'll get to, you know, um, having a punishment other than if you just put a concrete wall there. Why did you t- choose TRS? There's quite a few winter series these days. Um, why here? Um, so, yeah, we were looking at, at doing some of the, the winter series. Uh, obviously, there's there's a few of them, but um, mainly we, we knew we wanted to do one based off how unorganized Europe is at the moment and that no one really knows what to do. Uh, but we chose TRS ultimately because you, you sort of, you talk to other drivers who have, who have been there, done that kind of thing, and, and I haven't really heard anyone say anything bad about TRS, but you hear some, some not-so-nice stories about some of the other championships. But when we got to, when we got to TRS, it was, you know, it, it, it just confirmed everything we had heard, which was that it's very professional, it's very organized, the car is good, the tire is good, um, you know, it, it runs very, very similar to the way Europe does in, in terms of how things are organized and how professional they are. And then at the end of the day, this was the most competitive winter series of all of them, you know, so I think if you look at all of them, you look at the entries here, we've got the strongest field. So I think it, it, it made perfect sense to come here and just prepare the best we could. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into motor racing in the first place? Um, so I always, I always wanted to race cars. Um, they've always sort of been in my family. Um, we, my, my dad always liked cars and you know, he always wanted to, to drive cars and drive race cars and things like that. And, and although he never really had the opportunity to do so, so I always really wanted to. And, um, and when I was little, I, I used to like sort of, it, it's a funny story, but I used to like run around my house pretending like I was riding a motorcycle. Um, but my, my, and my dad's mentality, because my dad's background is more two-wheeled than it is four-wheeled. So his, his philosophy was if you can ride a motorcycle, you can drive a car. And so we actually, I started out in motocross. I got my first bike, I think when I was about four. 
and just riding around the backyard. Typical story you hear, like making a little track, things like that. And then um, we had a we had a like a vacation home up in the mountains in Washington. We had our own dirt bike track there, so we'd always be constantly riding and, and going to different tracks around over, around Washington State. But then when we moved to Atlanta in 2009, it, we got to the point where it was, um, you know, I had the opportunity then at that moment to then switch into karting, which in Washington State where I grew up, there's not a lot of karting there. There's not a big scene for it, but, but dirt bikes are huge there. So when we came, we had the opportunity to, to get into karting and my dad had some friends that he knew that were big into racing so uh, like we I mean I got my first kart from Jim Downing who is the guy who invented the Hans device and different things like that so we had a lot of really good connections so it was the perfect time to just jump straight in. Now you've got a, a varied career already you've raced F2000 uh, yes. and you've also raced in Europe tell me a little about those experiences. Yeah so two two different experiences um USF2000 in the states um, we did that in the tw- for the 2017 season. Then 2018, it was Euro Formula with Carlin in in, uh, in Europe. So quite two two different programs. Um, obviously, Carlin is sort of like one of the biggest teams in motorsport. So you, a- you know, everything from arriving at their factory to seeing how clean everything is, how perfect, and like their, their shop is like pristine white, which is quite strange to see for like a, a shop that's got race cars working in it, but. No, it's um, it was good. They're they're two very very different experiences. I, I think both of them were were great for development purposes and and really getting everything that we could out of out of the learning experience. Um, yeah, I mean I, it, it's 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 difficult to really go into to too much detail about it, but it's um, yeah, I I appreciated both experiences. What's next then for Dev Goal? Where are you where are you headed? That's. We're, we're hoping to figure it out, and we're hoping that we may know sometime while we're here in New Zealand uh, to be able to decide. We've got a few windows open um, amongst different different choices, so it really, it, it's going to depend on where we see ourselves best fit. At the moment, my, my sole focus is, is TRS. We, we did not have a good start to the championship, so um, hopefully this weekend is looking quite promising for us, so we'll uh, hopefully see if we can make up some ground here. What are you grappling with in terms of getting it right? Um, it's, it's every, it's quite interesting to see actually, because everyone in TRS comes from a different background of, of driving. So you start, you see some of the F4 kids are doing quite well. And I think it, it makes sense because the car is quite similar to an F4. It's just a bit, it's, it's a, there's quite a lot of grip. There's not a lot of aero compared to like some of the kids who are coming from F3, what we're used to. Uh, things like the brake pressures and things like that are quite low here compared to what we would normally be reaching in, in, in the bigger cars. So you start to see, like, um, I think some of the, the people who are in bigger cars are struggling a bit more, especially the ones who are coming from a big car and having their first year here. So, yeah, you can see it's definitely experience helps a lot. And like I said, because these tracks are so technical just to make a lap, obviously the, the people who, who know these tracks a bit better are have that, have that advantage as well. So we're, we're learning a lot, and every session we go out, we improve, and we're, we're finding something. And obviously... Uh, first time working with this engineer, first time working with this team, so we're really figuring each other out and how some things that my, maybe my teammates are doing with setup isn't going to work for me or, or won't work for me. And uh, and just, yeah, we're, we're slowly figuring things out. A bit slower than I would have liked, but it, I, I think we'll be we'll be on it for the rest of the year. And finally, Dev, what's the end goal for you? Uh, I, I, it's, it's 
it, it's it's formal one and it's always you you get you get the people that all the time you know they sort of say like what do you want to do don't say formal one because it's never going to happen it's a waste of time kind of thing <laughs> but to be honest like people always want to say that it's a dying sport but i don't believe it because you you do see like kids that are getting in there based off of talent you see like the albums and and the russells and I obviously Verstappen's and they've had a lot going for them and then the day they're there because of the best they're, they're there because they're talented and, and I, I truly believe that in Formula One you do have the best drivers maybe it's only the six best drivers as opposed to the full grid but the best drivers are there and I, I think you know my, my, my goal and, and the reason we put so much effort into this is to be, one day be the best and that's that's what I'm chasing obviously time is not on my side in terms of my age compared to some of the other kids and how late I started but I think we we've worked quite hard, and I, I think I'm I'm working smarter and harder, so uh, we're we're making up a lot of ground quite quick. So if it doesn't work, you can always call Trevor and say, "Hey, I want to go on the 500." Yeah, yeah. So that's that's obviously like uh, like I'll take an indie car seat. So <laughs> don't get me wrong, um, <laughs> Chip. If you want to call me, you know you know how to get in contact with me. Um, but no, it's it'll be. It, it, I'd be happy to race anywhere. Actually, for, for the longest time, I know Robert Wickens quite well. So, for the longest time, I was really interested in sort of the DTM stuff as well. So, I, for me, it's it's just knowing that I'm racing at an elite level and I'm racing against the best and that I can win. So that's that's a thing, which is that's a similar reason as to why we're here in the first place. Nice, Jonathan. I love to hear these Americans uh, getting fired up. He's got a little family history with racing. It sounds like. Yeah, he's a good guy, really good guy, very mature. He's older than most of them at 21. Um, oh, he's washed but, up, uh, 21. So he... <laughs> he's late to the party. But <laughs> we got a guy who's just turned 16, so he turned 16 last week. So, yeah, they're very young. You know, I, I'm going to go back to Ranger Van Der Zand at uh, I think we uh, we should have all of these Indy drivers and WEC drivers and Formula 1 drivers, they should all uh, – have a beer before they come on the show. I liked his, uh, I liked the way he had loosened him up a little. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jonathan, you, you sent me a little story about Valtteri Botas. Yeah, I was just interested. You know, we always, we obviously try to keep up to date with what's going on in Formula One and there's not much going on. The launches are coming up, but I was interested to see, and, and we talked a lot about Botas kind of getting his act together for next year because if he doesn't, he could lose that drive. And I was interested to see he, he'd taken part in a rally in Finland uh, and we know how good they are. Uh, and of course he's a Finn um, and he won a stage. So um, wow. I don't know if, if that's part of his Mercedes contract, especially with what happened to Kubica, but uh, doesn't matter. Um, he's keeping honed in. And I tell you what, rally driving, as we saw with the rally cross, um, no, no mean feat. So, to drive in the snow in Finland and win, uh, that just shows that he is, uh, he's keep, you know, he's keeping active and he's keeping his, uh, I think it would do him a lot of good to do that and win like he has um, in a different, um, you know, discipline. Yeah, that's cool. Like you said, as long as he doesn't uh, crash and hurt himself. That's it. Uh, speaking of that, Zanardi was uh, in his custom. Yeah. BMW this weekend with the hand controls and everything. It was disappointing to. I, was, yeah, I think everybody was rooting for him to do a little better. You know, honestly, if you're feeling down, if you're depressed, if you think your <laughs> life's not going well, look up Zanardi's story and look what that man has achieved and what he continues to achieve because 
he can inspire anybody any day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that uh, there was a great interview with Lee Diffie that uh, they had. And it was really funny because he was talking about all the controls in the car and everything of that nature. And uh, and he summed it up basically by telling Zanardi and he goes, you're like Jimi Hendrix playing with both hands on the guitar. And I I think that's true. I thought that just really captured it. Yep. All right, boys, well, we're out of time. We want to thank everybody, our guests coming on, Jay Fry from IndyCar, Ranger Van Zander from uh, some uh, local pub establishment down in down near Daytona. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to him. Fantastic race. Congratulations to all the winners at Daytona. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and our SoundCloud. We're going to put some more clips up there, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.